Well, we're turning to the scriptures this morning and we're turning to the book of Judges, to the first chapter of the book of Judges. Judges and chapter 1, reading from the beginning of the chapter. Now after the death of Joshua, it came to pass that the children of Israel asked the Lord, saying, Who shall go up for us against the Canaanites first, to fight against them? And the Lord said, Judah shall go up. Behold, I have delivered the land into his hand. And Judah said unto Simeon his brother, Come up with me into my lot, that we may fight against the Canaanites. And I likewise will go with thee into thy lot. So Simeon went with him. And Judah went up, and the Lord delivered the Canaanites and the Perizzites into their hand. And they slew of them in Bezek ten thousand men. And they found Adonai Bezek in Bezek, and they fought against him. And they slew the Canaanites and the Perizzites, but Adonai Bezek fled, and they pursued after him, and caught him, and cut off his thumbs and his great toes. And Adonai Bezek said, Three score and ten kings, having their thumbs and their great toes cut off, gathered their meat under my table. As I have done, so God hath requited me. And they brought him to Jerusalem, and there he died. Now the children of Judah had fought against Jerusalem and had taken it and smitten it with the edge of the sword and set the city on fire. And afterward the children of Judah went down to fight against the Canaanites that dwelt in the mountain and in the south and in the valley. And Judah went against the Canaanites that dwelt in Hebron. Now the name of Hebron before was Kirjath Arba. And they slew Sheshai and Achiman and Talmai. And from thence he went against the inhabitants of Debir. And the name of Debir was, uh, before was Kerjath Sefer. And Caleb said, He that smiteth Kerjath Sefer and taketh it, to him will I give Aksar my daughter to wife. And Othniel, the son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother, took it, and he gave him Aksar his daughter to wife. And it came to pass when she came to him that she moved him to ask of her father a field and she lighted from off her ass. And Caleb said unto her, what wilt thou? And she said unto him, give me a blessing for thou hast given me a south land. Give me also springs of water. And Caleb gave her upper springs and the nether springs. And the children of the Kenite, Moses' father-in-law, went up out of the city of palm trees with the children of Judah into the wilderness of Judah, which lieth in the south of Arad. And they went and dwelt among the people. And Judah went with Simeon his brother, and they slew the Canaanites that inhabited Zephath, and utterly destroyed it. And the name of the city was, of the city was called Hormah. Amen. We'll leave the reading just there. And we thank the Lord for his word. Let's bow our heads again in prayer. Our eternal God, as we open the word of God this morning, we pray that you would speak to us from that word. And Lord, that we might see and comprehend what is being said here of the time and that, which is, that for which it is recorded for us. Lord, that we might gain from it and that we may receive a blessing at thy hand. We pray, Father, for wisdom. We pray for the testimony of the Spirit of God within our hearts. 
We pray that thou wilt bring our thoughts under the captivity of thy word and of the purposes of the Lord this morning. And Lord, we pray that we might know that uh, there is no thing that we do but that thy hand is upon it. And so, Father, we pray that you would guide us this day and give us understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to bring to your attention the verses here from uh, verse 12, really, but we'll just read verse 11 as well, beginning of the paragraph uh, just here. And it says, And from thence he went against the inhabitants of Debir, and the name of Debir was, before was Kerjath Sephir. And Caleb said, He that smiteth Kerjath Sephir and taketh it, to him will I give Aksar my daughter to wife. And Othniel, the son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother took it, and he gave him Aksar, his daughter, to wife. And it came to pass, when she came to him, that she moved him to ask of her father a field. And she lighted from off her ass. And Caleb said unto her, What wilt thou? And she said unto him, Give me a blessing, for thou hast given me a south land. Give me also springs of water. And Caleb gave her the upper springs and the nether springs. So here's is speaking about the uh, taking of the land of, uh, of Canaan in the days of the judges. I mean, much of the land had been taken already in the days of Joshua. And when Joshua came in, of course, he came in with a great company of people and God was with him. And we were considering last, last Lord's Day how that uh, after uh, that they came into the land, Joshua died. The elders that had been with Joshua also died and there rose up a generation afterwards which knew not the Lord and neither the mighty works which he had done. And because of that, uh, there was a, uh, a moving back to the old ways. We are hearing just at the moment in um, Ukraine how the, the Russian armies uh, who have taken particular uh, cities and, and places there are being pushed back now by the Ukrainians. They are coming back and retaking some of those places. And that was what was happening here as well. So Joshua went in, defeated many of the cities that were there, and overcame the people. Uh, but, of course, a lot of people escaped. Lots of people continued to fight from the outside. And uh, so slowly they came back in and retook that which had been theirs to begin with. Of course, uh, the Lord had told Joshua and the people to uh, completely cleanse the land, which they uh, didn't do. Of course, the Lord knew that that wouldn't happen. Indeed, he said that he wouldn't empty the land all at once because wild beasts would take it, and, but he would empty it slowly before them. And we were likening that last time to the fact that in our lives, uh, the Lord doesn't instantly, as soon as we come and trust in Christ, make us perfect and make us holy. Uh, but there are battles to be had all the way through our lives. We are overcoming uh, sin. We are overcoming weaknesses. We are overcoming doubts and fears throughout our lives. And each of those things also adds something to us. Uh, our faith is stronger when we have overcome something than if God had just suddenly taken away all sin and all corruption and all doubts and all fears from our minds and we had suddenly become perfect in his presence. Uh, we, we grow in grace, the scripture says, and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And likewise here, there are all of the Old Testament. We know that there are many things which speak of Christ, Jesus himself, uh, preaching from the Old Testament to the disciples on the road to Emmaus. But also there are many things which relate to us in our spiritual walk. And I'm going to suggest here today that uh, there is uh, something which we can draw as a spiritual parallel to what is going on in this portion of scripture. 
we find that there is a place here called Kirjath Sefer. Uh, that, that word Kirjath means, or Kirioth, is also another translation of the same word. Kirioth we find in other parts of the scripture as the, as the way it is translated. But Kirjath or Kirioth uh, it means city, and Sefer means the book or the writings, or uh, perhaps an oracle, or a place, a library, uh, perhaps it was that. But that's what it means, the city of the book, which is interesting in itself, because the Lord has called us, if we are Christians here this morning, to a city. And it speaks of it in the book of Revelation, I will show thee the bride, the lamb's wife, and he showed me the new Jerusalem coming down from heaven, a city. So there is a term for that which belongs to the child of God in Jesus Christ, and it is a city, the new Jerusalem. And so there is a city, and it's a city of the book, isn't it? Uh, The new Jerusalem is a city of the book. So there is a significance even in the very words that we have here. But then also we see that that Caleb is the one here who says, He that smiteth Kerjath Sephir and taketh it, to him will I give Aksar, my daughter, to wife. That is, to claim the city of the book from those who held it. Oh, we could draw so many parallels here uh, to the fact that uh, the, the book is now in our hands. Once upon a time, the book wasn't in our hands. The book was in the hands of, of others, and they would just speak from it, or n- many of them in, in the dark ages of this country and across Europe, in fact, um, didn't even understand the book because it was written in Latin and lots of people didn't read, read Latin uh, and so they would make up stories and they would relate tales that they had heard from the book uh, but not necessarily accurately and so now we have the book so when we think about this here is um, Caleb who says take the book and I, I kind of liken that to the thought of God the Father saying uh, that whoever will take The land, whoever will uh, bring the land to the people, whoever will bring the truth to the people, to him will I give the bride. And we know that it was the Lord Jesus Christ who came and who took the land. It was he who is worthy to open the book, we read in the book of Revelation. And it was Jesus Christ, the lamb was worthy to open the book. And then also, uh, did he receive a wife? Yes, the scripture tells us that the church is the lamb's wife and so here is a wife also which represents us so we could say here in our representation that Caleb is like the heavenly father that Othniel uh, could represent to us the Lord Jesus Christ and Aksar could represent us so we keep those three three things in mind as we consider this portion of scripture and we can see something of our lives and how we live in this world and what the Lord has required of us. So I want to break this down into three parts, uh, as we often do. And first of all, I want to consider with you the bold conqueror. Secondly, the barren country. And then thirdly, the blessed commitment. The bold conqueror. Well, there's a promised bride here. Because as, uh, as um, Caleb says, uh, whoever will take Kerjeth, Sephir, and smite it, to him will I give Aksar, my daughter, to wife. So there's a promised bride. And God the Father promised the bride to the Lord Jesus Christ. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, Jesus said. And he that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. 
So the people for whom Jesus Christ died are the people whom the Father had promised him. There was the promise of a people who would be the bride of Christ. And we read that over and over in different ways in the Old Testament, kind of foreshadowed uh, of, the, of the bride. Uh, but then in the New Testament, of course, we read it much more clearly. And we see that, that uh, for instance, John the Baptist says that the friend of the bridegroom will uh, grow less and less when the bridegroom has come, referring to the Lord Jesus Christ. And, of course, those verses that we have mentioned in Revelation and in Ephesians chapter 6 or or chapter 5, in in fact, uh, which also speaks about the church as being the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ. So there's a promised bride. And Caleb sought one who was worthy. We read in the scripture that God also sought one who was worthy to stand before him for his people. And God searched The scripture uses this language which we can understand, although God, of course, doesn't need to search. God knows exactly what what there is. But he uses the language for our understanding that he searched through the whole of the earth. He searched through all of the nation of Israel. He searched through all of the earth and he found no one who was worthy to stand before him. There was no one who could save the people. There was no one who could stand in the gap. And so we read in Isaiah that his own arm took salvation to him. And God himself came in to this world in the Lord Jesus Christ that he might redeem us. So there is a promised bride and there is no one who can go. But we read here of Othniel and we read in the New Testament of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ who comes that he might take the hand of the promised bride and when we think of this of what uh, what Othniel was willing to do uh, in order to win Aksar's hand then that is to go and take this great city of Kirjath Sefer the city of the book uh, or Debir which also means the oracle he was willing to go he was willing to fight because he wanted the hand of Aksar who is Caleb's daughter Lord Jesus Christ comes, he fights, he fights the devil, he fights the world, he stands alone and he takes the city, as it were, of the book and he does so that he might win his people. He does so that you and I might be saved, that we might be joined to him. We find then here the the proving battle that he has to go in and actually fight and it says he smiteth Kerjath Sefer and taketh it to him and that was what he did he went and he fought and he took it and he was victorious and so the Lord Jesus Christ came into this world he was tempted in all points like as we are but without sin he is taken by wicked hands and crucified but by the foreknowledge of God and on the third day rises again and he is victorious and he defeats death and he defeats hell and he defeats the devil And the proving battle is that Jesus Christ overcomes all things. Now, the the city had been defeated once before, but had been retaken. We might almost almost liken that to the the very fact that when God created man, man was perfect and, and sin entered into the world through the temptation of Eve and indeed of Adam, and they fell into sin. But it is the Lord Jesus Christ who redeems us and purchases us back 
as a people from that situation. We read of the battle of Joshua in Joshua 10 and verse 38 and verse 39. And Joshua returned and all Israel with him to Debir and fought against it. And he took it and the king thereof and all the cities thereof. And they smote them with the edge of the sword and utterly destroyed all the souls that were therein. He left none remaining. As he had done to Hebron, so he did to Debir, to the king thereof, as he had done also to Libna and to her king. So Joshua had already taken the city, but it had fallen back into the hands of the Canaanites. But Othniel takes it. And then we find the presented blessing, the bride. And what is said then concerning the, this, um, this bride, it says... In verse 14, it came to pass when she came to him that she moved him, that is Othniel, to ask of her father a field. And she lighted from off her ass. She, uh, she moved him to ask of her father a field. Uh, and this was to be the possession. And of course, the Lord Jesus Christ doesn't just possess a people, that is the bride of Christ, but he possesses the whole of the field. And we know that one day we will sit with him in the throne. We will be with him in glory. He has this uh, purchase and it belongs to him. But we find also uh, that the, the field might also be the responsibility of the wife. In Proverbs 31, we read together earlier, it says there, She considereth a field and buyeth it with the fruit of her hand. She planteth a vineyard. Uh, her children all arise up and, and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praiseth her. She considereth a field and buyeth it. It was she, it says here, that moved him to ask of her father a field. And the Lord has given us, as it were, a field. The world, the world is set before us that we might take it and that it might bring forth fruit. But what do we need? Because it's a barren place, this world. There is none that seeketh after God, the scripture says. There is none righteous, no, not one. There is no one who wants God in their lives because God is a righteous God. He is holy and he will not forgive us our trespasses. So Joshua says to his people in Joshua 24, he will not forgive us. And God does not just let us off sin. There has to be a payment for sin, which is the whole point of the gospel, isn't it? The whole point of the gospel is that Jesus Christ came to pay the price of our sin. God does not just say, oh, well, never, never mind, forget about it. There needs to be a salvation. There needs to be a redemption. And so there is a field which is given to us. And this is where we come to the words of Acts in verse 14. It came to pass when she came to him that she asked him to ask of her father a field. And she lighted from off her ass and Caleb said unto her, that's her father said to her, what wilt thou? And she said unto him, give me a blessing. For thou hast given me a south, note the words, thou hast given me, although she had said to Othniel to ask her father a field, thou hast given me a south land or a barren land. The word south there is the word Negev. Uh, and so thou hast given me a south land, uh, a barren land, and give me also springs of water. And Caleb gave her the upper springs 
and the nether springs. So she has a field. She's asked a field. She has a field. But the field is barren. And when we think about this, we, we have all, everything is given into our hands, but it's a barren field. It, it's, it, people don't just flock into the presence of God. They don't just flock into churches. As you can see from this church in this day and age, and in many of the churches, indeed, uh, across the country in these days, people don't just come flocking in because they delight to be in the house of God. Uh, it's a barren field. So what do we ask? What is it that we need? What was it here that, uh, that, that uh, Aksar asked of her father? Give me a blessing, for thou hast given me a south land. Give me also springs of water. So the field considered, a barren place. Uh, many think that once you're a Christian, you should be easy. Life should be easy. It should be a, uh, just a, a, a walkthrough, uh, a, a doddle, as people used to say. Uh, but as Christ fought to win us, we must be yoked with him to be fruitful. We, we need the power of God in this time and in this age. The fruitless conditions of this barren country uh, were such that nothing was going to grow there. She says, you have given me a south land. You have given me a barren field, in other words. You have given me a desert land. Nothing's going to grow there. And so she says, give me also springs of water. And so she comes to her father. And we also need in prayer to come consistently to the father and say, Lord, give us a blessing. We are in a barren land. As we go and talk to people around this area, as we would knock on doors or as we would talk to people in the street or however else we might come across people, uh, we speak to them. But it's a barren land. People are not interested in the things of God. People are not interested to hear what the Bible says. They have been so much duped uh, by the world in these days that they don't think that the Bible has anything to say to them. How do we get them to listen? Well, we can't get them to listen, but God can get them to listen. We need the outpouring of the water of God's spirit upon this barren land that souls might be saved and that it might be fruitful around here once again. We need a work of God. I'm often struck by Israel's dusty conditions. Sometimes we read places in the Bible and I try and find them in Israel. So in this day and age we have Google, of course, or Google Maps. And we go on there and we look at different places. And sometimes you can go down the roads in Israel and the surrounding areas. And you can see places as they are now. There's so much dust. There's so much dust deserted areas there the bible tells us of times when there were forests in david's time as we saw that he went down to the forest and there were forests there and uh, and there were woods and there was an abundance it was a land flowing with milk and honey it's not like that today today it's very dry today it's very barren and we look out over it and we think well how did how did abraham ever keep sheep in such a place how could they ever had so many flocks that, that Abraham and Lot couldn't find enough land to feed them all? And they, they, they had so much that they had to go into other areas in order to, to look after their flocks. And how that, that Lot went down into the valley of Jordan and there was, it, it was lush and plentiful in the area of Sodom and Gomorrah. It's not like that now. It's very barren and dry. What do we need? 
Well, we need the springs of water. We need the blessing of the Lord. What effort or industry could bring fruitfulness in such a barren place, in this southern field? Water is what is needed. Water. And now you look at certain parts of of Israel uh, where there have been uh, new works of irrigation and they have brought water in and they have made sure that the, the, the water flow is there and the place is verdant. It is green. It is bringing forth crops. The deserts bloom in certain parts of Israel. The answer, water. We are in the midst of this country and and, and it's barren and it's dry and the people are not interested in the things of God. We need water. And surely our prayer needs to be the prayer of Aksar, that when we go to our father, we can say to him, but Lord, we have a barren field here. We have a, 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 a nation which has no consideration for God. And those who have consideration for any kind of a God do not desire the God of heaven who will judge them, but they desire the God of their own making, a God which is like unto them. The scripture tells us of the idols that were made. David speaks of it in the Psalms, and he says, they that make them are like unto them. Men make gods after their own heart. Men make gods like them. But the God who made us, made us originally like him, And the God who made us requires us to be like him, not that we should make gods which are like us. So we're in this barren situation. We need to be praying for water. We need to be praying for the Spirit of God. We need to be praying that the Lord would come and work in this dry and dusty land of England. Do we sit down in despair? Well, Axar didn't do that. She came to her father She uh, came and lighted off her ass. She came and she came with a uh, a humble humility before her father. She doesn't just sit there upon the ass and demand water. But even the words that she uses, she says there in verse 15, Give me a blessing, for thou hast given me a south land. Thou hast given me, thou hast given to me something but I want it to be fruitful. Therefore, please give me also the springs of water. And we find the willingness of Caleb there, that he gave her not just the the lower springs, but the upper springs. So her active solution then, in this blessed commitment to to the land which has been given into her hands, her solution is to come to the Father and to seek that which will turn the barrenness into plenty that is our prayer in this day that we cry to god that the lord would turn the barrenness to plenty and prayer is the answer you go back in history to the great revivals that this land has seen revivals in england revivals in wales revivals in scotland and revivals in northern ireland and god has worked mightily revivals also in america uh, at similar times But God worked mightily in answer to prayer. The great uh, 57-58 revival of Northern Ireland resulted from three men who gathered together in a little schoolhouse. It was cold, it was the winter, they took uh, an armful of peat uh, with them uh, to burn on the fire. They would light the fire in the corner and they would pray. And they would have a prayer meeting. 
And they continued to pray until God began to move. People began to be saved. And it just took off all of a sudden, right across uh, Northern Ireland, where uh, hundreds and thousands of people turned to the Lord and were saved from a barrenness to a great abundance in a matter of, uh, of uh, two or three years. In 1904 in Wales, one man separated himself and he hardly left his house, spent all of his time in prayer before God and he prayed that the Lord would have mercy upon Wales and there began a revival, began from the church which, which he attended and souls began to be saved and it spread across Wales in, in such a mighty fashion that within a year tens of thousands of people had become Christians. Some of the towns, some of the villages there had no more crime. The police had nothing to do whatsoever. The pubs shut down because the publicans had become Christians and they refused to give alcohol to anybody. And other pubs shut down because the people didn't go to the pub anymore because they refused to drink anymore. There have been revivals in Canvasland. There have been revivals uh, in Lewis. There was a revival in New York. New York today is a, is a crime-ridden place and, and terrifying to live in by some accounts. But there was a revival there in 1857. And it came as a result of prayer. There was a barren land and the people sought God and they said, Lord, send us water, springs of water. And the Lord sent the springs of water and the thousands were saved. And God is able to do that again today. And sometimes we think, well, there's no chance in this day and age, surely. But God can do all things. There is nothing which is withheld from his hand. There is nothing that he cannot do. And we need to be seeking him. And we need to believe. And we need to trust him. So we see this astute supplication. Thou hast given me. Here is her gratitude. And give me also. Here is her aspiration. Give me a blessing, springs of water. And what a difference that makes. We're reading Psalm chapter 1 and verse 3, or Psalm 1 and verse 3. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. When the tree is planted next to the river, though there may be a drought, Yet the river continues to flow. It may be low. It may go down to almost mud flats. But while there is water there, the tree continues to bring forth fruit. That is what we need. Each one of us individually to come before the Lord and say, Lord, we need the blessing of God. Again, in John 7 and verse 38, it says, He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. We need to be praying for that then. The power of God flowing from us. Not just the trickles of water, which may, uh, may exist within us, but the rivers, flowing rivers of water. Can we ask this of God? Luke 11, verse 11, we read, If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? 
Let us pray. Let us ask. As Aksar does, as she comes to her father Caleb and says, You have given me, and for that I am grateful. But it's a barren land. I need also. Please give me also the springs of water. And here we read that there was an abundant supply. Uh, there at the end of verse 15, she says, Give me also springs of water. And Caleb gave her the upper springs and the nether springs, or the lower springs. Springs of water. This suggests to me twin blessings. Uh, when we take this to a spiritual aspect, first of all, the heavenly blessing, the upper springs, as the Spirit of God comes upon us, as the Spirit of God moves within us and stirs us up, and moves also around us so that we might be in a, in a prosperous place. In a place which is ready to be sown and are ready to be reaped. Here is the, the blessing which is from above. But also the nether springs. And that speaks to me of the earthly opportunities and the resources that we also have. And the Lord has given us resources. We can work the fields. But there's no point, is there, working a field which is dry and dusty. But without water, there is no blessing. And does not the Lord say to us, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. We need prayer. We need to be seeking God. We need to be calling upon him. We need to be doing it consistently. And we need to be believing that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that worketh in us here is a blessing which is asked a blessing above and beyond the field the field was hers the field had been given it was if you like a dowry but it was of no or little value unless there was water so the Lord has given us many things in Jesus Christ but we need the spirit of God above all Let's make that our prayer and let's seek to see what God is able to do.